Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where you are going to learn how to create your own online courses. My name is Phil Ebener, and as always, I'm with Jeremy Deegan, and today we're talking all about time management, work-life balance, and when it's the right time to go full-time with your online course business. Make sure you leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. That always helps us out. Let's dive right into this conversation about work-life balance and time management. It's something that I get asked a lot. How do I stay so productive? How do I put out so much content? Um, And there are some tips and strategies that I have. Um, But as someone who has a family, which is different than the position I'm in right now, what are some things that you do? Well, first, welcome to the show. And what are some (laughs) things that you do to uh, manage your time? Yeah, this is this will be a good episode because I know that you're going to be, you know, extending your family here shortly. And so maybe I can give you some tips. And I, I know that you're a workaholic or a workhorse or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what you do behind the scenes, but you are constantly producing content, blog posts, podcasts. Like it's just it's amazing to see your uh, work ethic. So I think this will be a good one for us to bounce back and forth. Um, so having the family is, is really tricky. And I think a big part of it is getting on a schedule, um, Mm -hmm. making that schedule and sticking to it, knowing, making sure that everyone in the family knows what that schedule is and, and laying those things out is very important. Um, now when I, we first kind of started and I was doing online business and, and actually I, I take this kind of from uh, financial advice also, uh, we created a schedule and thought that that was going to be set in stone. Like, we're going to make mm-hmm. this schedule, and that's going to be it for the rest of our lives. And life doesn't work like that. Things change, and even now, things are constantly changing. My daughter's about to stop pre-K, and she's going to go into kindergarten, so she's going to a new school, new time. Uh, the kids pick up different activities. Um, he stopped karate, and now he's doing soccer, so different times of the day. My wife is going to school full-time. She works. So I think being flexible and fluid with your schedule is very important. We have to look at that on a monthly basis. Sometimes we have to look at it on a weekly basis like hey we want to do all of these things and we need to work around everyone's schedule um Mm -hmm. so i think that that's really important is is creating a schedule on a weekly bi-weekly basis or a monthly basis and laying it out so that you know what you're doing sticking to that schedule and then we'll talk a little little bit later on is having the boundaries of knowing when is it work time and when is it Mm -hmm. family time and I would say one one of the biggest things that you run into when you are in doing online business, online courses, or you're an entrepreneur is knowing when to separate those things. Um, your, your dream is that you're going to be an entrepreneur and that's what you're going to do all the time. But when I am at home having dinner and all I'm talking about or thinking about is the business, I'm not, not there for my family. Uh, sometimes I'll be working so hard that I'll be wishing I was with my family and I'm not thinking about the business. So I think Mm -hmm. also creating those boundaries of knowing, you know, I stopped working at this time and I'm now focusing on the family. And when I'm with the family, I'm not focusing on the business. Uh, So go ahead. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard though, because a lot of people are probably doing this or starting their online courses journey when they're working full time or when they're working Mm -hmm. part time and they have a family. And so they're, creating courses and 
they're recording at night or trying to get up in the morning or trying to work on the weekends. And that's how, well, I started doing this while I was working full time and I did it while I was working full time for a few years before I went full time. Um, But I think I can totally imagine how it would be even more difficult when you have a family compared to where I was starting out Mm -hmm. where I was living by myself. I didn't have anything to do at night. (laughs) So I literally would come home from work and I would work on courses for a few hours or more. And that's how I got started. But I am of the mindset where having those boundaries is so important and you want to be happy overall. And I, I get this idea of wanting to like work hard now so we can reap the benefits later. But at the same time, we do also want to make sure we're enjoying life and we don't want to get burnt out. And we're wa- we're got- we want to enjoy what we're doing right now, too. And so you have to kind of figure out that balance for yourself. And I think a lot of this has it's going to be different for every person mm-hmm. in terms of time management and that kind of thing. There's all these people out there will say that you need to have the XYZ morning routine where you're up at 5 a.m. jumping in a cold pool of water (laughs) and then you're, you know, drinking kombucha with some green tea smoothie while you're writing down your five goals, you know, or whatever it is. And hey, you got to actually run five miles before you do all that too, starting at 2 a.m., there's, you know, there's all kinds of morning routines and time management tools out there. I mean, Asana, there, I mean, that's the one that comes to mind for me. There's uh, Slack groups or Slack management tools. There's Google stuff that you can use for time management. And it's all going to be different for different people. So mm-hmm. I think in this episode, I don't want to just say, okay, this is exactly the tool that you need to to make your life better. But I can say what has worked for me. Um, And in terms of a couple tools that I like, one is actually recently I started using what's called the five minute journal. So I will say there is this one kind of cool morning routine that I started. And that is this five minute journal. Actually, again, shout out to Diego Davila for uh, pitching it to me. He uh, uses it. It's a easy sort of journal that asks you, what are you grateful for? And you have to write down three things you're grateful for. What are three things that you want to accomplish today? And then you have like a daily mantra. And then at the end of the day, you look back and talk about what amazing things happened Mm -hmm. and what could have made the day better. So it's this guided process that you could do on yourself with the journal and just write down your goals. But for me, it's helped because it's prompting me with these questions. And that has helped a lot because for a while I wasn't doing any sort of morning routine or anything. Um, And so having that every day waking up in a place of gratitude has helped me to start my day even better. Are you or have you tried any morning routines? I mean, I feel like morning routines are something that a lot of people, you know, say are the best thing you need to do. Um, to be more productive. Have you done anything that's worked? I have tried every one of them. <laughs> uh, I, I've tried all the morning routines. I've done the running. I've done the, the exercise. Meditation. I've done the meditation. I've listened to your meditation uh, tapes that you had at one point. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, it all comes down to the individual. I think an, an important fact here 
I believe those things can help. I believe they do have a place. I think they help a lot of people. But I also feel like you have to listen to your own self and what works for you. So, for instance, I am naturally a night person. And I know that I've heard people say like, oh, well, I was a night person and became a morning person. Well, I've tried that and I was miserable. And I don't want to be miserable. I want to be productive. And waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning – um, to go through a list that by seven o'clock I'm exhausted and I haven't even started <laughs> working yet is not productive in, in my sense. Now, my wife is the exact opposite as me. She is a morning person. She can get up at five and she can work out and she can drink the smoothies and do the yoga and, and just be like on cloud nine ready to go. And I'm like dragging my feet. At 10, at 10 o'clock at night, you know, she's, she's passed out on the couch and I'm still wide awake. So I feel like you really got to listen to your own body. So for instance, when I wake up, I usually get up at seven because I take the kids to school. I come back around eight, eight thirty, and I can start working by nine o'clock. Now from nine o'clock to one o'clock, I know that that, that is like my peak time. I am, mm-hmm. if I can get back home and start working immediately, I get so much done and I feel great. I know that between two and four o'clock that I just naturally get tired. Like I just, I want to take a nap. I'm not there. And I might do some like small, easy chores around that time. Maybe something that's not so intensive on the brain with, um, um, you know, things that I can just not concentrate on, but get done. Um, And then around like six or seven o'clock, I catch a second win. If I can work from seven till midnight, I'm, I'm up again my wife would have a completely different schedule. All that's to say that I think it really matters to, to pay attention to your body, um, kind of get an idea. When do you feel the most productive? Maybe write that down in your journal or your diary. Uh, start taking note of that. Like, oh man, I got a lot done at nine o'clock. I got a lot done at nine o'clock and start seeing those patterns. Oh, I, I never work at four o'clock. I just can't get anything done. So maybe you, you take four o'clock to go have an hour with your family or your kids or or you go for a bike ride and just kind of clear out the mind a little bit. Yeah. I think for me, the routines and things, those help. But one of the things that's been most beneficial is just having a to-do list and mm-hmm. long-term goals in mind. And so having big sitting down and actually spending time to do this for yourself and your business, but thinking about where do you want to be in a year mm-hmm. or even five years, have like a five-year plan and what will it take to get there and then break it down and what steps do you have to make, do to get there? Do you need to create 10 courses? Do you need to create one course that you learn how to promote well and do sell it as a premium course? Um, do you need to build your audience? And if you need to build an audience, how do you do that? By creating content on YouTube or blogs. And so how many content, how many articles do you need to write? And just having a, li- a continuous to-do list is good for me. Some people might get stressed out of about always having something on a list to do. But for me, that's really helped me because whenever I have a downtime or whenever I've finished a project, I always know what I can move on to. Like right now, I finished the photography masterclass. I'm not working on any online courses right this second, but babies are coming in three months or so. And I want to create content that is coming out regularly every week while I take off for a few months when after the babies are born. And so what do I need to do? I need to write or put together about 50 pieces of content, both articles and YouTube Mm -hmm. videos 
that I'll schedule out for that time. And so last or just on Monday, actually, of this week or maybe Friday, I wrote down a list of all the ideas I had for articles and YouTube videos. So I don't have to think about, oh, what am I going to make today? I already have mm-hmm. a list and I'm ready to go whenever I have free time. And and writing down every day, not only having that list like for the long term, but every day sitting down at the start of the day and writing down, these are the three things or the one thing that I want to get done mm-hmm. has really helped me too. And it could just be one of those things you already have on your long-term list. But I, I do feel like writing down helps me to make sure I do that that day. And then it also helps me to feel a little bit more accomplished. Yeah. And I feel having a catalog, like you said, of things to do, I think that's been beneficial for me. Um, I can use an example when um, about a year ago, we were in a group together, a mastermind group, and we had everyone in that group uh, did like a blast on Skillshare and like how many courses can you create this month? You remember that? So yep. so when we did that, I sat down and I said, I want to do 12 courses on Skillshare. And these are the courses and I laid them all out and I did them. I did all 12 of them. I got a lot of momentum and a lot of motivation. And then when that month ended, I didn't have any more ideas set up ready to go. And so I didn't produce anything. And then I went a long time without making another course. And I feel like I lost that momentum. I feel like it's, you know, easier to keep going once you're going. I think that you benefit right now from that forward momentum. You are in a habit of constantly creating courses and your mind is already there. And I think it's easy for you to keep going um, versus me where like I created a lot of content and then I fell off the wagon and then like I haven't got really back up on the wagon. Mm -hmm. And it's harder Mm -hmm. for me right now to try to get that momentum back in full swing than when I first started. So even us with this podcast, we've got like 50 episode ideas here. And each week we're not thinking about that. We come in and we say, these are the next three, let's record and boom, we're ready to go. If we came in every week, like, Hey, what do you want to talk about? I mean, we would waste so much time. So I do Mm -hmm. feel like sitting down and planning those out has been really beneficial. And you don't have to use any crazy tool to help you with this unless you want to. Like we mentioned before, there's apps that can break down these different steps and all you could connect cloud services and anything to it. But at the end of the day, I just use a checklist and Mm -hmm. Google actually has an app that that helps. It's called Google Keep, but it could literally just be a checklist and a Word document or anything. Um, And that I found is easiest. Uh, Really quickly, before we talk about going full time, I think what you mentioned about having boundaries is important. That's something that I set really early on once I did switch to going full time. And I told myself that I'm not going to work I'm going to work regular hours. And so I am more of a morning person, even though I don't have like a crazy early routine. I still get to work, start working pretty early. And then at like five o'clock at night, I'm, I'm done so that I can spend time with Isabel and just relax. And then same for weekends for me. I don't work on the weekends um, generally at all. And um, that's just, I mean, lucky and I'm privileged to be able to do that because I am able to do this full time. It's going to look different if you are, you know, working part time or full time, or if you have a family and you're not able to work during the day. But 
for me, those are kind of the boundaries that I've set. Yeah, this this was um, this was really hard because when I started with online courses, my kids were younger. They were like one and three or two and four. So they were still pretty, pretty young. It's a little easier now. They're five and seven. So they're a little more independent. Uh, they'll go play games and I, I, they can get their own drinks. They can get their own snacks. They don't need me to do that. And and I remember this being a big uh, contention when I first started out because I would say, okay, my wife goes to work. I'm going to stay home all day and, and watch the kids. But because I'm home, I can work on my course or I can work on the business. Mm-hmm. And so I would sit down at the computer and anyone who has a, a toddler can can relate to this. I'd sit down and then, you know, they would walk in. Hey, can you get us a water? Okay, I'd get up and I'd get a water. I'd come back. And every time you stop, it takes you a little bit to get back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. So you'd sit down and five, ten minutes would go by and, okay, I'm getting back into the swing. And then they'd come back in. Hey, I got to use the bathroom and I'd have to get up. So for a while, it was very frustrating. And uh, I mean, not like towards them. I, I was just frustrated because I wasn't getting getting anything done. And it took me a long time to realize that when I'm home watching the kids, I should be watching the kids. Mm-hmm. And when my wife comes home and can watch the kids or I can, you know, take them to a babysitter or the parents, then I can work. But I was trying to do two things that were very conflicting Um, and I, I hope that helps someone else out there that if you're there to watch the kids, just go ahead and watch the kids. And then when they go down for a nap or you can, you know, someone else can watch them for a little bit, then you can get some work done. But that was, that was really hard to learn for a while. Now we have those boundaries. When, when I watch the kids, I watch the kids. And then I talk to my wife and say, Hey, can you watch them for two hours so I can go lock myself up in the office? And what's great about that is that I actually feel like I get more done now because I know that if I have two hours to work, I better be working and concentrating and not playing on Facebook or goofing off yeah. because I'm not going to get that time back. So it, it has helped me in that sense. But having those boundaries of when you're working, you're working. And when you're with the family, you're with the family. Or when you're, you know, recreation time, it's recreation time and, and so forth, I think is very helpful to have in mind. Yeah. And it's hard. I know it's hard for people, I'm sure, who are similar to both Jeremy and I, because we're always thinking about work. We're always thinking about um, projects that we could do or how we can monetize hobbies or anything (laughs) that we're doing. Uh, So it's hard to have that boundary and to just keep things for fun and family and recreation. But I think it's important. Um, Speaking of that, I know that you're going to have to run and get the kids, but I want to talk about going full time. And this is a question that I've gotten in the course and we get sometimes is when is it the right time to go full time with your business if you're working or if you're not? And I have a couple of points that I'll make. And then Jeremy, if you want to wrap up with any other points that you have. My first is that it again, depends on you and what your tolerance for risk is. If you are okay with jumping to full time when you're just starting out, that's fine. And if you watch, you know, Shark Tank, you'll get the sense that, you know, every entrepreneur who starts a business should be doing it full time. If it's mm-hmm. your passion, you should put yourself and be working there full time. But I I think that there's a different argument. And for many people, it's okay to build it on the side, build it slow, make sure that you're, you have enough income coming in from your side business before you actually jump full time. 
what should that income look like? I, for me, I had to be making actually more than I was making at my full-time job before I felt comfortable leaving that job to pursue online courses full-time. I also think that it's important to have a backup reserve of a few months, ideally four to six months, in case things don't go as planned and uh, you need to have enough money to pay the bills. So I think a four to six month uh, sort of saving savings is op- is like the optimal amount. Of course, I know that's really hard for a lot of people. Um, and also having a backup plan and kind of setting a date saying like, okay, I'm going to do this for six months full time and then we'll see where we're at. If I've reached my goals, if everything's are, are looking good, if things are growing, then we'll continue this for another six months. And I'm kind of talking about this as if you're doing this with a partner, if you're married or, or not, even if you're single and it's good to just have this conversation with yourself. But if things don't go as well as you want and things aren't growing, have a backup plan. What are you going to do after that? If you're leaving a job, are you going to be able to get back into that job or are you going to go back and try to find a similar job? But just having that in mind is probably a good idea. Um, And then lastly, you should have a proven track record of some sort of sales specifically for online courses, I would not recommend jumping full time unless you have sold courses and you are already growing an audience and you've done it for at least at least six months to see how it goes, probably longer. Like I mentioned, it took me three years to feel comfortable leaving my full time job um, and I could have done it earlier and it probably I could have done it and it would have been totally fine. And maybe I'd be in even a different place, a bigger, better place than I am now. But I think for me, that's where I was most comfortable. And so those are just my t- tips. Um, Jeremy, any other thoughts or ideas for about this? Yeah, this is really interesting. And, and I wish we would have had this conversation like when I started, because um I probably might have took a little more time before leaving. I might have jumped the gun a little too soon. And the reason why I say that is because I was working in the audiovisual field and I was making some pretty decent money. I was kind of ready to step away from it for a little bit, getting burned out. I started doing online courses and I started having an upslope of income. And I just assumed that it would keep going up and up and up and up the more I produced. And it did. The more courses I made, the more it snowballed and the more revenue I made. So with my wife working and, you know, having the kids, we decided I I could go ahead and stay home full time and work on the courses. Now, that was a catch 22. First of all, I didn't have to pay for a babysitter and I got to stay home with the kids, which was awesome because if I worked, I'd have to find a babysitter and spend that money on that. Um, However, when you work for yourself, you have to have a lot of motivation determination and you got to be, you know, really vigilant about, uh, having a plan and sticking to it. It's very easy to say you're going to sit home and work 10 hours straight on the computer and you get into your second hour and you burn out and you're like, Oh, I'm going to go do the dishes or I'm going to go, go for a run or, you know, go watch TV or something. And then the day's gone and you haven't done anything. It happens. Um, so I ran into a little bit of a roadblock. Uh, I had some personal issues and I didn't produce as much as I wanted to. And that grass started going back down again. So at this point, 
I, I came into a point where like we were doing okay financially, but I, I didn't, I wasn't making as much to live comfortably and I kind of mm-hmm. lost that. I actually went back into a part-time position. It's easier now because the kids started school full-time each, so I was able to work during the day. I didn't have to watch them all day. Um, but I decided, hey, look, you know, I, we could use a little more money. The revenue's not where I need it to be yet. I'm going to go back. So I actually went back to the workforce. I'm still working there now. And it's actually helped me because I have more um, drive to create courses now and I have more, uh, what's the word, you know, I just, I, I use my time more wisely because yeah. again, same with the kids. If I work, you know, four or five days a week when I'm home, I know I need to work on courses and not just waste that time. So I yeah. feel like that that has been a big help. Um, my last tip I would say is one of the first books I ever read and I, I should read it again. It's a really good book. I love this writer. His name's John Acuff, J-O-N. A-C-U-F-F, and his book is called Quitter, and it talks Mm. all about this. Like The whole book is about um, closing the gap between your day job and your dream job, and he says a lot of the things you said, Phil, that you know, don't leave right away, have a savings saved up, uh, make sure that you are in a good financial position, you have a backup plan. So uh, if anyone likes to read as much as I do, check out Quitter by John Acuff, and it'll help you understand when a good time to leave your job is. Nice. That's a very good recommendation. I think the key thing is just having that plan and so that when you do have those extra maybe 30, 40 hours a week compared to before, you are using them productively. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's probably the biggest thing because if you do have that extra time, there's a chance that you can grow your company and it will mm-hmm. be better and you'll do better than if you were not, if you were working full time, but you got to have that plan. And so hopefully with all these tips and everything, uh, you guys are feeling good, excited about being more productive, using your time more wisely. If you have any other tips or tricks or routines that have really worked for you, I'd love to hear them. We'd love to see them if you post them to the Online Course Masters Facebook group. We'd love to see them there. Um, And yeah, Jeremy, any other last words before we sign off? No, I think like we said, just, you know, listen to yourself, listen to your body, uh, create uh, some goals, create some to-do lists, uh, have a game plan of of when you want to, you know, if you're going to leave your job, when is that going to be? Give yourself a timeline. Hey, in one year, if I haven't made it yet, I'm going to go back to work. Um, But just keep in mind, like Phil said, you know, you're trading your time for money, um, where when you have your own business, you can grow a lot more. So there's a balance there that you have to find uh, that fits your needs and your specifications. So not not everyone's built equally, and we just got to learn to listen to ourselves and find out when the best time for that is. But having a game plan really helps that out. Perfect. And hopefully you're list- enjoying listening to the Online Course Masters show. We appreciate any reviews and ratings that you have for us. As always, subscribe, like, and share with a friend that you might think is interested in teaching online courses. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you in a week in our next episode, and we'll uh, talk then. Until next time, Jeremy, have a great day, and everyone else, have a great week. Bye-bye.